Talking Disney podcast. We are here to talk about the Disney classics each month or the random number generator picks one of the Disney canon films that we are going to talk about. And this month, we're going to be talking about two of them. And it's our first time talking about any of the package films. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. And of course, my friend Stanford is here. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, so you having a good holidays? Yes, absolutely. How about you? I'm good. A busy, busy, busy. Yeah. But I'm very good. I'm <laughs> good. Great. Good, good. Yep. So we had talked about... I think in the last episode, in the Frozen episode, that we were going to review Frozen 2, which we were thinking in November, and then we're like, oh, well, we can do it in December, but I just have not had any time. Likewise, there's so much going on. (laughs) And we've both seen it, and we have reviews on our content, but just doing that more deeper dive, deeper analysis. Plus, I've just been dying to see it again, because I enjoyed it so much. Same. And... I feel like there's a lot in there and I yes. just, it's different than with record with reference to the internet. I, first of all, I had read the novelization right, and I just felt like I had more of a grasp of kind of what it was doing and what I, how I felt about it. And I was stressing a little bit about it. I was like, God, how are we going to fit that in? But I realized I'm like, there's no reason why we have to do it in December. Like we can do it in, in January. We can do it whenever we want. <laughs> So I talked to you about it and we both agreed. That's right. If you're wondering why that it hasn't happened. I just, we just haven't had the time. Yeah, neither has had time, but we'll get <laughs> to it. it. Yes. <laughs> it's going to <And>, happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, last year I had, uh, I survived Countdown to Christmas t-shirt made. And I think I need a second edition <laughs> this year. That's because funny. this year is even more. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm almost there almost at the finish line it's very exciting finish line is in sight yay yeah (laughs) and my poor channel has been a bit neglected but i still posted family movie night and a few little things but it's got the normal treatment on there but (laughs) i i can only even me i can only do so much that's right (laughs) Right, only so many hours in the day, you know? Yes. Um, So, I'm very excited, though. Today, we are talking about two package films, which people, if people don't know, why don't you explain what the package era is all about? Well, so the package era was in the early to kind of mid, or actually most of the 1940s, really, right? You guys guys call it a package film. So, during World War II, basically... Walt Disney kind of gave up his studio to support the war effort. And Mm -hmm. so they were making films for the U.S. government, for the military, and doing all sorts of things. And so, you know, the the main studio films that that they were planning or that were on the slate all got put on the back burner for the most part. But they still had some opportunities to make some short films. And they put these short films together and then were able to distribute those, at least to the the U.S. market, right? Mm -hmm as a way to bring in some income, keep things rolling at the studio in addition to all of the work being done for the war effort. Yeah, and some of them, when we talk about Make My Music, which I'm very looking forward to because I really like that film, it is definitely feels like picking up the sloppy seconds of, <laughs> of, of abandoned projects yeah. and other things like that. And that's kind of what I like about it because there's something just sort of wacky and weird about it. 
Yes. And so I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to when we get to talk about that. But in this case, with these two films, they were specifically commissioned by the by the U.S. government. And so they definitely have that feel, of course, and they don't feel as kind of haphazard as fun and fancy free and melody time. And yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's, it's interesting, I think, too, just to mention a little bit about what's going on behind these two films with with the government, because the film was part of U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt's mm-hmm. good neighbor policy, he called it, which is really trying to have a good influence on on Central and South American countries because, you know, communism was raging in Europe. Yeah. And I think he was just hoping that these Latin American countries could really follow the U.S. lead and stick with democracy. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I think it was, was at its highest level, right, kind of, of of what they were trying to do. Yeah. I think you could make a fascinating movie about all of this. I think the behind the scenes is much more interesting than the actual films. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, have you ever seen that documentary called Walt and El Grupo? Uh-uh. It came out, uh, I'm thinking it's 10 years old or less. Uh-huh. Okay. It was it's a documentary that was put together by Frank Thomas, as in the uh, one of the Mm -hmm. nine old men. Yeah. Frank Thomas, his son, about this trip to South America. Mm -hmm. So El Grupo is meaning you know the group you know that we see particularly in in Saludos Amigos because Saludos Amigos in some ways kind of feels like a documentary, even though not it really it really isn't. But but uh, you know it shows the artists. There on site. I love to have the, you know, on the airplane. I wonder if some of that was staged. But, right. <laughs> you know, still, it's fun, I think, in that regard. And I mean, it's fascinating too because it actually worked. And so they started this program because a lot of people might not realize is there were a lot of German and European people in Argentina and Brazil in particular. And there was a big vulnerability that those countries could side with the Nazis. It was definitely, and the communists, as you say, and you had everything going on in Cuba. You had just these seats of unrest that could have definitely been courted over to that side. So they made these movies and these two movies, which is Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros, and they were big hits. They did very well in Latin America. And film historian Alfred Charles Richard Jr., he said that Saludos Amigos did more to cement a community of interest between the peoples of the Americas in a few months than the State Department had done in 50 years. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, really yeah, interesting. And then in, ti- in Time Magazine in January 1943 said in Rio de Janeiro that they screamed so loudly for an encore that another feature had to be halted in mid-reel and Saludos Amigos run again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so it was very, very popular. And in, in Saludos Amigos, you have some of the nine old men. You've got Mary Blair is there. Yeah. And of course, Walt Disney. So these figures that, of course, we as huge Disney fans know about. And the fact that this Goodwill tour was such a success, it's just very fascinating. And I think you really could make a very interesting yeah. documentary, or not yeah. documentary, just flat out movie. Just a about movie about this. it. I, yeah. to- I totally agree. And definitely, I'll see if I can find a, a link or something for you, Rachel, about that Walt and El Grupo 
documentary, which is really fascinating. One thing that I think is interesting is that in both movies, you don't ever see Mickey. And as a Goodwill tour, he was so popular in that era in the 40s. Do you have any ideas about why that might be? No, I don't. I, you know, it's so interesting, yeah, that why, why they chose Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. And Goofy. Yeah, and Goofy to really be the ambassadors of the Disney characters, not to mention the new characters that they created. I mean, I don't think we really realize how revolutionary Mickey Mouse was at the time. Like, it just wasn't as much a thing for characters like that to have so much merchandise and all of the stuff that Walt did with Mickey was very unique. And uh, of course, movies themselves hadn't been around that long. And uh, so Mickey was extremely popular. But I I just wonder if maybe there was, I have no idea, but maybe there was something about Latin American culture with Mickey. Maybe it wasn't as popular. Maybe there's something about the Donald or birds or... (laughs) Yeah. Um, something would make that more appealing. Yeah, that's a really good point. And in Saludos Amigos, both the Donald and the Goofy short, I guess if you call them that, you know, the segment, uh-huh. they're really funny. You know? Right. And I mean, Mickey could play in, in one of those for sure, but I thought they just particularly worked well with those characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but no, the excellent question. Yeah. It kind of reminds me both of these a little bit of a little bit of something like Sesame Street. Yes. You know, the way that there's like little information segments and mm-hmm. Lake Titicaca is in, you know, da 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 <laughs> and think about and then you have like the little short kind of they do things like that on Sesame Street. Yes, absolutely. Where you're you know you're learning about a new country, you know, again there you know Sesame Street is playing definitely to a specific audience, but that's a really good comparison for sure. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it before this, they had things like, of course, Bambi and, and Fantasia, and they were doing Fantasound and just really ambitious projects. And that must have been kind of hard for Walt to have to kind of give up his creative endeavors for almost a decade. That that must have been tough. I know, right? I think so, too. I think... You know, if I'm remembering correctly, I think if, if Walt really had not been the patriot, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, yeah. you know, but just is devoted to the USA, you just wonder if he would have done that to, the, you know, let his studio be taken over the way yeah. that it was. Yeah. Well, and, and then also, aside from Snow White, the remaining four first films, not only were they ambitious, but they didn't kind of lean on the Fab Five. <laughs> um, it, you didn't have except for the Sorcerer's Apprentice, you didn't really have, you know, Mickey or, or Donald or anything like that in, uh, there was just an artistic vision of those films that you just couldn't have in something like this. Of course there were shorts and things like that, but. Right. But yeah, from 1943 to 1950, when Cinderella came out, they, there really was not a ton of creative ambition. Uh, because they just couldn't they they just didn't have the people first of all there were a lot of people that went over to the war efforts so they just were not in the position and the audience wasn't there at that time either so it was just a a combination of factors yeah because if i'm not mistaken t-racial 
Disney couldn't export their films to Europe during the war. Isn't that correct? Yeah. And even before that, I, I think that was a big problem with Fantasia and Bambi, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. that they had a problem with getting them overseas. And so, yeah, it's in, it's interesting to me. What's also interesting is when I first watched the Disney canon, I liked Saludos Amigos much better than Three Caballeros mm-hmm. because it's really not a movie. I think it's a stretch to call Saludos Amigos a movie at only 40 minutes total, but it's a little bit more charming, I think. That's been my experience too. And it was again with this rewatch. Yeah. I just I just find Saludos Amigos much more enjoyable. I think that Three Caballeros is maybe a little bit more of a technical. Yeah. I don't want to call it a Marvel, but it's, but they're doing some, they do some really interesting things in the three Caballeros, I think, you know, particularly with integrating the live action dancer and just the animation itself. But Salinas Amigos, I always find it charming. I'll watch it anytime. Yeah. And then the second time I watched it, I was more yeah, dazzled technically, I think. Whereas mm-hmm. the other one, it was where Salinas Amigos, I was like, is that even a movie? Doesn't even count. <laughs> <I know>. um, <laughs> As you said, it's so short. Yeah, and and but still, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. So, fun. so yeah, with Saludos Amigos, like you said, you have the live action scenes with the uh, with the Goodwill team, and it is fun to see Mary Blair there. I know, and then they also show a lot actually of Mary Blair art in that too, because mm-hmm. you know they they're showing some of the are just the stills and uh oh it's just it's, it's, it's wonderful to look at so anybody who's a fan of mary blair definitely just check out saludos amigos you know if you haven't already because uh-huh. you know really really enjoy it yeah. for that just just for that you know not to mention all the other fun stuff that's in the movie yeah you definitely get to get your disney nerd on <laughs> mm-hmm. watch this well said yeah. <laughs> um and so the first segment, there's only four segments in Saludos Amigos. And the first segment is Lake Titicaca. Yes. Donald Duck goes, he's a tour. He's like an American tourist going to Lake Titicaca yeah. in Peru. <laughs> uh, yes. And so it's in the Andes Mountains. And you see basically him. Uh, he's got this kind of unruly llama. Yeah. And he learns different things about the culture and has different shenanigans. Um, and uh, this one's fun enough, I think, for short. A Donald It works short. for me. It, it, it really plays like a Donald Duck short, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. just he's always just you know, getting so frustrated by things, in which, you know, is always to me so funny. And just beautiful animation, I think, too. It just, it, I thought they did a really nice job. I've never been to Lake TV Cock. I've seen pictures. And they also showed some pictures, too, of it, you know, in the film, too. Some live action, I think some film footage that mm-hmm. they took of it. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's fun. And the llamas. You know, I love llamas. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny. Have you ever been to the Llama Fest of the, uh, in Spanish Fork? No, I need to go. <laughs> I've heard about that because one of my coworkers used to used to raise llamas. I've got, I've got to go because he's, he's told me all about it. Yeah. But I've been to Peru. Oh, and, have you? And the llamas are, you know, they're all over the place, you know, and, and it just, it just cracked me up. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's funny. I had no idea all these years I've known you. I had no idea you were such a llama fan. Oh, love llamas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then there's Pedro and this is about an anthropomorphic plane in Chile. 
and he is going on his first flight and there's this terrible storm he is able to get uh, and deliver the mail successfully it's so cute yeah yeah and i guess this short was so popular that there's an artist a chilean cartoonist named renee rios bodiger his nickname was pepo and he went on to create a character named condorito who was one of it says on, on good old wikipedia one it became one of the most iconic comic magazine characters in latin america so that's interesting <laughs> oh cool yeah and then, I, I just love the design of Pedro. Uh-huh. As you mentioned, he's so cute. He's so endearing instantly. Yeah. And and they just do such a fun job. I mean, I just love how he's animated. It's a very entertaining mm-hmm. short. And again, it could also, I think, just very successfully play as a short, you know, independent of the film. Too. It's, it's such a cute little story. Yeah, it is really cute. And then they have El Gaucho Goofy. And this is where Goofy gets to learn how to be a Argentinian cowboy. Yep. <laughs> and it's uh, called a gaucho. And he learns there's all the different clothing. Uh, you see Goofy smoking, which is, uh, I think, then edited out. Yeah. I think I got it. The smoking guy edited it out, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, here it mentions, I think, Walton El Grupo, which is interesting, but I guess that has the unedited version. And it also says here, interesting, it says, when the film was released on Disney+, Plus, the sequence was kept in its original form alongside a disclaimer. So I had this on. I didn't actually watch this on Disney+. Plus. Did you see that? I'm trying to remember if I watched it on Disney+, Plus or if I watched it on, because I've got a DVD of it, too. Yeah, me, too. You know, I'm going to, if I didn't watch it on Disney Plus, I didn't pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> so which, which is your favorite of the Fab Five of Donald, Mickey, Minnie, you know, I've, Goofy, I've, I'm, partial, I'm partial to Mickey, mm-hmm. but I mean, I really do like them all yeah. for different reasons. I mean, I think Mickey's Mickey is my favorite, but I thought these short films really played to the individual animated character strengths because i thought donald's a frustrated american tourist was hilarious yeah <laughs> and then i also love any of those how-to things with goofy because it was kind of like a how to become a gaucho in a way right i mean yeah and uh even though that's not necessarily what it was called but those always cracked me up yeah i think that goofy is probably my favorite as far as shorts but I mean, I love just even looking at Mickey makes me happy. And yeah. of course I love him in the parks. So I'm always make sure I get a picture with Mickey every time I go to Disneyland. That's a must. Oh yeah. Yeah. I will wait in line. <laughs> and <laughs> I just always just find a lot of humor with Donald Duck. I yeah. Just think he, so mad. <laughs> it's, and, and of course I can't understand a word he's saying, right. and, you know, yeah, it's just great. Yes. So yeah, this one's fun. I enjoy it. I think it's good. And then we have Acarela de Brazil. This is really a beautiful segment. It's the prettiest oh, of this of the it's movie. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and just a real showpiece for the animation, right? I mean, just 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 for the artists. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I I just love the way the 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 painting just flows as yes. it moves like you'll see that it's like looks like a tree and then it it blossoms into a bunch of bananas and then it just moves it flows i 
Love that too. And that's where also we meet the second of the three Cavaliers. So as we find out, we meet Jose Carioca. Yeah. What do you- The Brazilian parrot. Right. What do you think of of Jose? Oh, I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. I think he's, you know, again, a cool design. That whole segment, I just, I think it's just just delightful. Yeah. Yeah. At Epcot, they have a three Caballeros ride. Is that correct? That is correct. So in the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot, there used to be a ride and it was just about like kind of a stylized version of the history of Mexico. And I got to tell you, actually, it was a total snooze fest um, <laughs> yeah. for me. I never really liked it. I mean, it was fun to get out of the heat. Uh-huh. And it's a boat ride identical in style to Pirates of the Caribbean as far as like the ride vehicle and the experience, you uh-huh. know, no waterfalls or anything. But then they decided to add the three Caballeros, which was, I think, a bit controversial because anytime something animated goes into Epcot, you know, I think a lot of the purists freak out, myself included. But <laughs> It's really fun. I mean, they, they brought in Eric Goldberg, you know, the animator. Uh-huh. And he did these great segments. So they, they've got all these screens that are kind of interspersed to the ride. And these, these animated hijinks between the three Caballeros are happening. And then just as a complete Disney, final Disney moment, and you're so nice to put up with my nerdiness. But <laughs> yeah, Walt Disney World used to have this ride, or this, it was a show called, the when it first opened in 1971, it was called the Mickey Mouse Review. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you've seen or read anything about this, but they had, it was like a 20 minute show and you sit in and it just had, it was a theater, you know, so you just sit in the seats and the show was audio animatronics of certain Disney characters. So Mickey Mouse was conducting a symphony and they had like 10 or 12 Disney characters playing instruments. Uh-huh. And then they had a segment with Snow White and so there was an audio animatronic of Snow White and some of the dwarfs and they had a Cinderella one, et cetera. And then it got moved. And so the three Caballeros were in it. It got closed in Walt Disney World and it got moved to Tokyo Disneyland. And they finally closed it in like, I can't remember, like 2008 or something. Uh And those three Caballeros animatronics, rather than getting decommissioned or getting, you know, just put in Uh the storage unit or or being used for parts or whatever, (laughs) they, uh, they got put into this ride. And so it's pretty, actually it's kind of special, you know what I mean? For uh, for a Disney nerd like myself, when that's one of my favorite parts in the ride, when you get to go past there, those animatronics because yeah. they've got a history. Sure, you know. Do they do they have Jose with a cigar? Oh, uh, you know, I don't think so. I'm gonna have to look at a picture, but I don't think they do. I was curious about that. I wonder if they did originally. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah, I thought most of those animatronics. If you ever, it's on YouTube. You can look at Mickey Mouse review on YouTube, and people have put you know some of their home videos of it, and I saw it when I went to Tokyo Disneyland. I mm-hmm. went to Tokyo Disneyland and I think it was like 2005 and it was still open. So I was so happy that I got to see it. But it's at Walt Disney World, it got replaced with the Lion King show. And then now it's the home of Mickey's Philhar Magic. It's there in Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. At Mickey's Philhar Magic, it's a 3D. Yeah, show. I heard it's That's not 3D. good. I sure, I just said the Mickey Mouse review again. I mean, not that yeah. it was perfect, but just anytime there's, there are cool animatronics, particularly those of Disney characters like I'm in, you know? Yeah, <laughs> anyway. me too. Same. Yeah. Evidently, Jose is still a, a beloved character in, Isn't that in, fun? in Brazil. I love that. Uh, and still, you see him quite a bit in different Disney merchandise and other things like that down there, which is interesting. Yeah. So that's basically Saludos Amigos. It's pretty simple, but... It's fun enough. I it is fun. Yeah. 
I don't know. I was pretty harsh on it the first time I watched it. Like I said, I'm kind of more forgiving of it now. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have Three Caballeros. And I think I really didn't like about this movie. And the reason why I didn't originally like it as much as Los Amigos is I just think the Donald chasing skirt at the end of this movie for like at least 20 minutes. Just Oh, it goes on way too long. Way too it's- long. Yeah, it's definitely a movie of its time period. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't mean that as a compliment. Either. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it is. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. It's not It's not one that I like. In fact, when I did a big a canon watch, uh-huh. Rachel, yeah. uh, in 20, it was 2010, 2011. It was kind of, it was in my bottom five. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I have trouble ranking things, but it right. was low. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I didn't really care for the three Caballeros. That part of it is exhausting. I mean, literally he clears the entire beach. Just the women are running away from him. Yeah. And running. And it's also just weird. He's a duck. These are human women. <laughs> like what? It would make way more sense for it to be ducks, like daisies yeah. and whatever other girls like that would make way more sense it's just i don't know it's too long yeah it's way too long the only thing i like about the three cabrios really is the theme song you know it's the title song and that i think that the animation is so clever in that sequence too yes but the rest of it i'm kind of like me on so, I mean, I think I just, I really enjoyed the animation. Yeah, it is so fast. Like, it's it's pretty impressive how fast those characters move. Oh, yeah. For cell animation. Like, oh, I know. Especially Panchito is so fast. There's a lot going on. And in that song, there's so many great sight gags. And I enjoy that a lot. But then the rest, then there's the rest of the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the conceit of this movie is that Donald is opening up presents for his birthday and i think it even tells us at that point what donald's birthday is yeah (laughs) and so he's opening presents his birthday is on friday the 13th for some reason we don't know why don't Uh, know why (laughs) and uh so he's got three presents from his friends in latin america and the first present is a film projector and he gets there's a documentary about birds called aves raras which is just like, what is this about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, and again, I wonder if that worked for Latin American audiences of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was that's what I was trying to picture. Was like, I wonder if they like it because I sure think this is just random. Yeah. You know, because you don't have the Goodwill tour shown in this one. It doesn't feel. Doesn't even talk about it. No. So it does feel like an extended episode of Sesame Street, except for with you <laughs> yes. know, Donald chasing skirt all over Buenos Aires. Yeah. yeah. So it starts out, the first short is about a cold-blooded penguin. It's narrated by Sterling Holloway. Sterling Holloway. Yes. And uh, so it, his name is Pablo. And yes. he's so fed up with being cold in the South Pole that he decides to go to the Galapagos islands so he walks basically the whole coast of chile and uh, trying to find the to get to peru and ecuador and all of that and it's it's cute enough i like it i think it's cute and you know what's not to like about sterling holloway too right (laughs) so so i i think again just a really endearing little character a fun a fun little adventure you know well told 
well animated. Yeah, I agree. And then there is a, another story called The Flying Makito about this little cowboy that this is narrated by Fred Shields and this little cowboy from Uruguay and his donkey named Burrito. Yes. And this is probably, as far as story, it's probably my favorite of this movie. Yeah. I would say. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cute. It's cute. So then we get introduced to Panchito, the Mexican rooster. Yes. (laughs) And so it's Panchito and Jose and Donald that become the three caballeros. Yeah. And it is kind of funny that they say that we are the gay caballeros. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, funny. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, uh, which is funny, but it's cute. And then it is kind of shouty, I think, the three caballeros song. But I just, I really am impressed by that animation. The animation is just such a knockout in that sequence. Yeah. Again, it's not so much that I enjoy the music, but um, it's so mm-hmm. visually interesting how yeah. they chose to do that. Uh, well, and evidently this was the very beginning of combining live action with animation. Yeah. Uh, the same year this was released was the same year that Gene Kelly danced with the Jerry. From Tom and Jerry is what I had read, mm-hmm. which is a pretty iconic little, little yeah, moment. Yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah, and, and so I think that probably Walt Disney was pretty excited about this because he was a big, oh, yeah. big man for technology. And I've always said that I think of all of the remakes, the one that Walt would have been the most excited about is definitely Jungle Book mm-hmm. because that one was later, and so he wasn't as emotionally tied to it, but also he was just he loved new technology so you have jose and you have donald that are singing and dancing to bahia with all these locals including aurora miranda and uh i think that's fun pretty fun yeah it's fun because you know the music's fun and the the animation's fun and and technically it's really cool and if I'm not mistaken, you know, it was in Technicolor and it looks it because of those vibrant colors, not only of the animation, of course, but of the photography, the live action component that they that they put in it. Yeah. And I guess this, this Aurora Miranda was a pretty popular Brazilian singer and actress. And so that was kind of an important get, I guess, for the, mm-hmm. for the movie. And that was, she was very popular. And then we have Las Posadas, which is basically, it's like a little Christmas short in the midst of all of this with these Mexican children that they reenact the journey of Mary in the room at the inn. And that's what the, you know, the story is all about. And that was done interesting in that they're just using still almost like storyboard drawings, you know, that are, that look, look a little more finished, right? Right. Just like a series of panties. And those sure to me look like Mary Blair influence designs, don't yeah. they? The way that the uh, characters are drawn. I thought I would think that they probably are hers, but I don't know that. Right. Yeah. I think that that's definitely true. And uh, so I like that. Obviously I like Christmas stuff, so it's fun. Absolutely. <laughs> and Donald learns about pinatas in that segment also like Sesame street. Yeah. But yeah. it was fun enough. And then you get Mexico Pet- Pets 
and I apologize for these, I'm butchering all these Spanish names, but Hatsu, Caro, Veracruz, and Acapulco. And so you get this tour on a- Yeah, they're on the flying serape. Yeah, the magic carpet. <laughs> right. <laughs> The magic serape, or I'm not sure whatever they call I can't remember what they call it. And that's when we start to get the Donald chasing skirt. I don't know. That's just not my favorite. <laughs> well, as I said, it goes on too long. It's one of those things, too. It's pretty insensitive in our world today. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was probably insensitive then, too. It, it just was, you know, again, different time. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so then there's a long sequence where Donald sings with Carmen Molina and he's just making chaos all over Buenos Aires and there's some weird scenes in this part like there's a whole scene where Jose and Pachito and Donald are riding a horse but the horse has human legs and you see Carmen Molina like is in space and he's just like kind of lusting after her there's some definitely weird surrealist kind of moments yeah it's it's very surreal but it just kind of becomes exhausting, I think. And I just get kind of sick of it. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Mm-hmm. It's just too long. Yeah. I mean, some of the music I think is nice. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, like I said, the animation is very fast. And it's kind of interesting as a anomaly. Just, I feel like it's something, both these films, I think are something that I kind of feel like every every Disney fan needs to eventually see them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think... I'm with you. But I don't think that they are especially good. Uh, I think you should see them. Yeah, and, and for me, I think for sure see Saludos Amigos and then maybe just look on YouTube for the Three Caballeros song and then yeah. call it good, you know? Because <laughs> one of the th- I think one of the challenges that I have with the Three Caballeros is that none of the segments, you know, how they're broken down, really tell a cohesive story. It's all just kind of almost like art pieces, that are woven together with the bird documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and I don't mind anthology shorts. I think that can be really fun. But I just feel like with this one, there's either boring parts or parts like the the Donald parts can just... Yeah, the never-ending. Yeah. Too much. So it feels like you're watching old episodes of Sesame Street from the <laughs> back then. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was fascinating at the time, but... Yeah, so last time, and I can't even actually, I have to have to listen to my last time going through canon, my reviews of why I decided I liked Three Caballeros better, because then I was back to the old, <laughs> I was flipping. I had Three Caballeros last time at 45, and I had Saludos Amigos at 48, so pretty close. They're basically the same Yeah, back, back then. <laughs> and that is pretty good. My ranking, I've got Saludos Amigos at 30. Okay. And the Three Caballeros, it's bumped up a little bit, but it's at 49. Okay. Yeah, so pretty close. So, yeah. Well, if you're listening, let us know what you think of these films, especially if you're from Latin America and South America. I'd be very curious to know what you think of these films and how they hold up for you. That would be interesting to know. It's, it's an interesting time period, and they somebody should write that movie. <laughs> About the goodwill tour. <laughs> I know. Great idea, Rachel. A wonderful idea. So, all right. Well, let's do a draw number for next month. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do both. But, you know, if not, then we'll just bump everything. But for now, let's let's do it. 
So let me find on my good old phone. The random number generator. <laughs> okay, we got number one. So Snow White. Yay. That'd be a cool yeah. way to start off if we, if, if we can pull it off in January. So let's plan on that in doing Snow White next month. That'll be very interesting. Because uh, I don't think that we've had done any of the golden era except for Dumbo. No, we haven't. Mm-hmm. So this was our first package film episode other than Dumbo. I'm excited. Me too. So yeah, I hope you're all excited about that. And thanks so much for coming and talking about this, uh, these films with me and have a very, very Merry Christmas. Thanks, Rachel. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. All right. Well, we will talk next month. Bye everyone. Thanks. Bye.